Well, we've been looking at uh, Mark chapter 12, and I'd like for us to turn there again one last time. Uh, this is the last time we've been working our way through this sequence of words and uh, taking the month to do so. And I hope that it's been okay for you that we've just kind of focused in on one spot. Sometimes there's just so much in just one little verse, isn't there? One little passage that really speaks so much to us. And uh, so I'd like to go back and just get the context, because we're going to talk about the context of how this all came into being today. And we begin at verse 28. I know you just stood, but I'm going to ask you again as we read God's word, if you would stand with me as we read together. Beginning at verse 28. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, just a little bit different, but I think it helps us understand it a little bit better. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus hadn't answered well, and so he asked, of all the commandments, which is most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only God, uh, Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it's important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the journey that you've taken us on this month as we've looked at this great passage of loving you with all. And as we close out this month, I'm just praying that you'll help us to focus in on that last idea to love you with all of our strength and to put it all together and then living rejoicing, living like it, living the holy walk, living the Christian life each and every day outwardly for all to see. Bless our time now today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A story is told of a zoo. You can be seated. A story is told of a zoo who is noted for their great collection of different animals. And uh, one day the gorilla died. And to keep up the appearance of the full range of animals, the zookeeper hired a man to wear the gorilla suit and to act uh, and to fill in for the dead animal. Well, it was his first day on the job and the man didn't know how to act like a gorilla very well. And uh, as he tried to move convincingly, he got too close to the wall of his enclosure and tripped and fell over it into the lion exhibit. Well, he began to scream, convinced his life was over, until the lion came up to him and said, be quiet, you're going to get us both fired. <laughs> Appearances are not always what they seem, just what is real, who is real. There's always more that seems to be than what meets the eye. We ask ourselves a lot these days, just who can we look at that's real? Just this past week, we were confronted with another scandal surrounding a very high-profile evangelical leader, and we were asking ourselves, what is real anymore? 
Jesus often challenged the Pharisees with this very thing. These religious interpreters of the law who what they showed outwardly didn't match what they were inwardly. And as a result, Jesus and these Pharisees often were at odds. And every once in a while, one of them would break ranks and discover what truly was real. Jesus is confronted again, this time by a scribe, one of the cohorts of the Pharisees, who have been listening to the Pharisees and the Sadducees trying to trick Jesus with questions about the law. Now, the scribes were transcribers of the law. They were the ones that meticulously wrote down the various parts of the law that the Pharisees and Sadducees would often debate. And one of the debates that the, they even threw at Jesus comes in the verses before this, where they talked about a widow who remarries. And they asked Jesus, okay, Jesus, whose wife will she be in heaven someday? Whose wife? And they debated these things back and forth. There was an endless discussion between the Pharisees and the Sadducees over and over again, debating about the, the law. They loved to speak about the law. And according to tradition, there were 613 different commandments concerning the law. Now you say, wait a minute, Pastor Rick, I thought there was only 10 commandments, and we're not doing very hot in keeping those. How in the world are we going to supposed to keep 613? Well, the interpreters of the law took those 10 commandments, and they divided them into sub-commandments that govern every part of your life. For example, one of the commandments says that to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. But the sub-commandments had to be explained. How do we do that? How do we keep the Sabbath holy? Can you do work on the Sabbath? Can you fix food on the Sabbath? How far can you actually walk on the Sabbath before it becomes work? 613 different commandments then to describe 10. 248 of them tell us things that we should be doing. 365 tell us things that we shouldn't be doing. And so the scribe comes to Jesus after he's heard the debate, and he says to Jesus, okay, of the 613 commandments that the Pharisees and the Sadducees debate all the time, Jesus, pick one. Which one is the most important? You only get one, Jesus. So tell me, of all those 613, which one is the best? And Jesus responds with something that that scribe and all Jews would have known very well. He, he tells them, he refers back to the commandment found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's called the Shema. It's a teaching that every single Jew would have known and every single child would recite every day. The teaching went like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. And then they would add a passage in Leviticus which says, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus takes 613 different commands, 10 commandments that Moses, he gave to Moses, and he condenses them down to two, love God and love others. That's it. Two, love God and love others. I mean, I don't know about you this morning, but keeping two commands <laughs> is a whole lot easier than keeping 613. Anybody with me? All right. Well, let's be honest how often we struggle with the two. <laughs> love God 
and love others. And, Jesus, and the scribe answers Jesus by saying, you've said it correctly, the Lord. The most important commandment for us is to love God. And Jesus even responds, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You see, the most important thing we can do, and we've been learning that this month, is to love God. In fact, everything hinges on that commandment. We certainly cannot obey rightly without loving. We cannot live rightly without loving. Loving God is the foundation for everything we do, especially holy living. Notice we are to love God with all. Now, what does that mean? It's one of my greatest concerns as a pastor is that too often I and we, we settle for following the rules and looking good and being comfortable rather than going all in for Christ. The songwriter of old put it this way, all he wants is you, not just a part he wants all of your heart. All he wants is you. In other words, he wants us to be all in for him. I can hear the wheels turning right now. You say, well, Pastor Rick, if I make that kind of commitment, God's going to ask me to do something I don't want to do, like be a missionary in Africa. I think that's one of the silliest arguments ever. I've heard that before. I think it's just silly because... I think if you love God and you love him supremely, he will guide you to do what pleases him and what ultimately will please you. To love the Lord thy God with all. So let's take a look one last time at those words real carefully. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. We learn that our heart is who we are. Down deep inside, who we are, our character. We learn that our soul is that which is eternal. We learn that our minds are those, we ought to take captive every thought that anything that exalts itself against the glory of God. And this morning, we want to love the Lord our God with all of our strength. The first three parts of the command has to do with loving him internally. But this part has to do with the outward expression of what's happening inside. Think about it. All of our strength takes the heart, the soul, and mind, and the strength is listed last, I think, because it's accumulation of the other three. The Hebrew word for strength is an interesting word. It can be translated might and can be translated strength, can be translated wealth, but the Hebrew word is the word muchness. It's an interesting phrase. We'll get to it in just a second. But as you think about to love God with all of your strength, Perhaps one of the first things that comes to mind is physicality. I'm supposed to love him with everything I've got. Certainly that scripts with, uh, certainly it fits right in with scripture. Psalm 139 tells us that we were wonderfully and fearfully made. You were, you were wrought together in your mother's womb. He, God put you all together just the way that you are. And then we look at 1 Corinthians 6 that reminds us that since the Lord has bought us with a price, that we ought to glorify God with our bodies. Certainly, that's there. Physicality is a part of it. We certainly ought to take care of our bodies. We ought to eat right, get the right rest, live as healthy as we can. But there's more to loving God with all of our strength than just our frame. The word muchness has a big, broad meaning to it. And there's, I think it goes right to the heart of the matter, what John said in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, where he says, My dear brothers, let us not simply love with words or tongue, but notice this, but with action and truth. The word God uses for love in Mark 12 is the word agape love. It's the highest form of love. 
unconditional, self-sacrificing, other first kind of love, a love that we can only experience in a relationship with a God who loves. But as you study the idea of agape love throughout Scripture, we are continually confronted with the fact that agape love is a doing love rather than a feeling love. That's what John was saying. If you truly are going to love God with all your strength, it's got to be with action and with truth. It's got to have some meat to it. It's got to be put into practice wherever you go. To love God with all of our strength then means to love him with all of our muchness, with everything outwardly than we can. So I want to take us to a story back in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. We talked about this earlier on in the month, but I want to go back to it. If you've got your Bibles, please turn there. Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 18. It's a story of a rich young ruler to show you how do we love God with our muchness. And in this passage, I think it's very clear how we can do that. And this rich young ruler, we're, we're noticed right away, he had nothing to worry about. He, he had it all in life. He had he was young, he had security, he had possessions, he had popularity, he had power. Most likely, he was very comfortable. He was missing nothing according to this life, but something wasn't right. He couldn't quite put his finger on it, but he was missing something. Maybe he had come to that conclusion that there's got to be more than what I have. And so he had probably heard Jesus speak before and the Lord's words most likely intrigued him, and so he approached the Lord with a clipboard in his hand, seeking to check off the things he needed to do to make God happy in order to live forever. And he asked the question of Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Interesting how Jesus responds. Jesus responds by asking him, uh, have you kept, have you done this? Have you done that? The last five commandments, have you ever murdered? Have you ever stole? All these things, the last five, which has to deal with people, the outward expression. And the man says, I've done nothing wrong. I've kept all those commandments. But righteousness, Jesus is going to say here, is more than doing something wrong. Righteousness is about doing the right thing. And Jesus is about to put the rich young ruler to the test. Here's where the rubber meets the road. And this is what we need to see this morning. Jesus is saying, are you willing to love me with your muchness? In other words, prove it. Are you really going to honor me and follow me with everything? With all of your strength? If you are, prove it. And here's how he says it to the rich young ruler. To love the Lord our God with all of our strength is to do so practically. Jesus starts with the most obvious thing of all, the young man's riches. He wants, it seems, as you, as you read this, it seems as though Jesus is asking the young man to do the impossible, to give it all up, to sell it all and give it to the poor. Now, before we feel too badly for this rich young ruler and feel like Jesus is being a little bit extreme, just let me say, never forget that whatever Jesus asks us to give up for his namesake is nothing compared to what Jesus will give us in return. Absolutely nothing compared to what he will supply for us. We can have everything money can buy, which is temporary, but it is nothing compared to the eternal riches that only Christ can supply us. I learned a long time ago 
this truth. Money can buy medicine, but it can't buy health. It can buy a bed, but not sleep. It can buy books, but not a brain. <laughs> it can buy food, but not an appetite. It can buy makeup, but not inner beauty. It can buy a house, but not a home. It can buy luxuries, but not culture. It can buy amusements, but not happiness. It can buy religion, but not a salvation. It can buy a cross, but not a savior. It can buy a good life, but not an eternal life. It can buy a passport to anywhere except heaven. Isn't that the truth? You say, well, Pastor Rick, I don't fit in that category of a rich young ruler. I don't have that much wealth. I don't have that much money. I'm not wealthy like that. What is it that I have? Well, that's a good question. What is it that you have? What is it that you possess? Your time, your talents, your treasures is the question to ask. And I think this is what Jesus is asking. Is everything, rich young ruler, is everything Christian today, is everything available to me? Will you lay it all on the line for me? Think about the things that you have. It may not be worth that much, but God wants you to love him with your muchness, with everything you've got. That's why I think when, when God asked Moses the question, what's that in your hand, Moses? He wanted Moses to realize, I can do a lot with just a little. And Moses responds, well, it's just a staff. That's it. That's what I want. Lay it down, Moses. Got me thinking about a silly song that we used to sing as a, kin, uh, as a kid. Shamgar had an ox gowd, David had a sling, Dorcas had a needle, Rahab had some string, Samson had a jawbone, Moses had a rod, Mary had some ointment, and they all were used of God. I like that. What do you have? That's the thing. You can, you can love him practically with what you have. You said, Pastor Rick, I can't do much. Please don't say that. I hate that phrase. I can't do much. Yes, you can. You can love God with your muchness. You have much to offer God. You have much to offer Him. You have a voice. Use it. Proclaim His goodness. Worship Him. Love Him with your voice. You've been blessed by God. Then bless others. You have hands. Serve the Lord. You all have a phone. Now we're starting to meddle. Use it. Call someone. Text them. Encourage them. D.L. Moody once said, I'm only one. I can't do everything. I like this part. He says, but I can do something. To love God with our muchness means to love Him practically. What is it that I have? You have so much. Use it to love the Lord with. That's what the Lord was asking the rich young ruler. Use what you got. Secondly, he was asking the rich young ruler, will you love me passionately? The rich young ruler wanted eternal life. He wanted to know how to have it, but he wasn't willing to pay the cost to receive it. The Bible tells us that when he heard this, when he heard what Jesus said, that he turned away and was sorrowful. He really wasn't all in. And too often I think that we've bought in to this idea of what Christ is asking, to love him with all of our strength, with all of our muchness, without really being sold out. I've wrestled with this. Sometimes I think, well, you know, if we sell out and just go all in for Christ, then we're going to be like that guy with the rainbow wig. You remember him sitting in the NFL end zones, waving that the placard that says John 3.16? The truth is, as one writer has written, 
we have just enough Jesus to be informed, but not enough to be transformed. And that's the sadness of, a, of this whole thing. I think that's the rich young ruler. He wanted just enough of Jesus to be informed, but he really doesn't want to go all in. I'm really convicted over and over again by the words of Wilbur Reese. He writes an incredible article entitled, I would like $3 worth of God, please. And this is his article. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please, not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of him to make me pick beets with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of a womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I think what Jesus was saying to the rich young ruler was simply this. Do you want all of me? Then I need all of you. To love him with all of our strength means all in. And one last thing, to love him with all my strength means to do it presently. The plea of the rich young ruler, Jesus said, come follow me right now. Don't delay. Quit thinking about what you're going to give up and, and what it might cost you and start instead concentrating on what you're going to receive. I love the songwriter who said, he'll give you peace you never knew, sweet love and joy and heaven too. He'll throw that in there too, by the way. The plea to love God with all of our strength means to look right now, right this moment, for every opportunity we can to put love into action. And let me do it. When you, when you become serious about it, there is unlimited opportunities available to us to make a difference. Everywhere we go, there are people with needs. Do you remember the old great song, Make Me a Blessing? You remember how the chorus goes? Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing out of my heart. May Jesus shine. Make me a blessing, O oh Savior, I pray. Make me a blessing to someone next week. When? Today. Presently. I don't agree a lot with Hollywood actresses, but one I heard this week said something was really the truth. She was saying it in the fact of kind of protests and something. It was, it was a good saying. We need a, she said, and I quote, we need to live in the moment. <laughs> I, I believe that's true. That's all we have. That's all we have is this moment. That's what he was saying to the rich young ruler. You're not guaranteed of anything else but this moment right now, right here today. And to love God with all of our strength means to do so presently right this moment, to love him with our muchness. God is not satisfied with anything but our all. That's what he's saying to the rich young ruler. That's what he's saying to all of us. Let's hear that verse one last time and put the emphasis on the word all. I will love the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my strength, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. All. Not just a part, but all.
we're going to close out this month with a little illustration based on scripture found in Luke, where in Matthew, where a man finds a great treasure and what he's willing to give to obtain that treasure. Oh, oh. Hello, oh, hello. Hi, hi. Welcome to Heaven's Title Company. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, my name is Mark. How can I help you today? Well, you know, I was just next door, and there's a piece of land that I just saw there, and I was walking through it, and as I was walking through it, there was the biggest pearl I have ever seen in all my life. And the sign in front, right out front of the piece of land, said that the land is for sale. Is that true? I mean, can yeah. I buy that? I'd like to buy it. Yeah, it is for sale, but all the rest of the people in the waiting room want to buy it, too. Oh, well, oh, that's, uh, they want to buy it as well? I'll tell you what, you were so excited, I'll start with you first, okay? Oh, this is great, um, good. Because you're, you're right, it is, um, it is a great piece of property, Yes. but it is not cheap. Oh. But the owner is willing to sell it for the right price. Oh, that's great, no problem. No, doesn't matter, I'm willing to pay whatever. Well, it, it may cost you everything. That's Okay. No, no price is too big. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, well, let's first of all talk about money. Okay. Um, how much do you have in the bank? Well, uh, I've got. Uh, well, I brought my checkbook with me because I knew I'd be having to do this. So, I let me see here. Checking account, I have thirty-five dollars. Well, my wife likes to shop, <laughs> but uh, $35 in uh, my checking account, and I have $3,000 in my savings. Good, good. Let's start there. We'll okay. take all of that. Okay, and I make it out to Heaven Title Company, right? Yep, yep. Heaven Title Company, $3,035. There, okay. All right. Now, good. I'll take it. Well, hang on a minute. Hang now, on a minute. Y'all said we'll start there. Um, let's see. Do you have a retirement account? Well, yeah, but uh, I'm not supposed to touch that until I'm uh, 65, and that oh, won't you're... be for like 40 years. You're thinking. <laughs> you're thinking you might pass on the pearl to your heirs? Um, no, no. I, I was. I'm just trying to weigh the cost. You know, I'm. So you want my retirement, too. Well, um, okay, deal. Well, hang, good. On, uh, hang on, hang on. What? Sit back down. There's more? Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have vehicles? Well, yeah, I have vehicles. I have a SUV car, and, a, and I have a truck. Good. Let's add that in. Anything else? Well, I have a Volkswagen bug car. Perfect. Three vehicles. My, my bug car, too? Yeah. Well, what do I have left to drive around in then? Is, all I'll have is my golf cart. Oh, you have a golf cart? Yeah. Okay. We'll take that as well. Oh, man. Uh, do you have any tools? Yeah. Tools. Appliances, what? TVs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I have all those. But if you take all those, 
All I'll have left is my clothes. Clothes, clothes. Good idea. Clothes. We'll take those, throw those in too. Now, wait just a minute. I'm not sure now that I want to give up all these things. Now, it is a really nice pearl. I know. It is the rarest of all pearls. And, uh, you know, it says it will never, ever fade away. In fact, once a person obtains it, they will live forever. Oh, boy. Precious. Okay. Pearl. All right. Um, good. Um, all right. I'm all in. Okay. You can have it all. I have nothing left then to offer. Well, I'm not sure. What about your children? Oh, you want my kids? All three of them? Uh, yep, uh, how yep. about if I give you Josh and I'll keep Abby and me? No. All three. It's all. Man, that's a lot. All three of my kids. But I really do want that pearl. Okay, deal. You can have my kids. Good. Now we're getting okay, somewhere. Good. All Just right. a couple more things. All right. What good. about your wife? You want my wife? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, we do. If you want the piece of land. Oh, man. My wife or the pearl? My wife or the pearl? My wife, or the pearl. I'm sorry, Benita. It's got to be the pearl. You can have my wife. Okay. Now can I have the deed to the land? There's one more thing that you need to do before you can have the title to the land. I have nothing else. I mean, what more could it be? I, you've got my money. You've got my stuff. Uh -huh. You've got my kids. Yep, yep. You've got my wife. Yep. That just leaves me and the dog. Dog. We'll take the dog, too. Not the dog. Yes, the dog. And one more thing. What else is there? I have nothing. Yes, you do. What? You have you. The owner wants you. All of you. He wants me? That's all the owner really ever wanted. From the moment you were born, he's been waiting for this moment for you to give everything you have, everything you are, just to discover the greatest discovery of all. The pearl. Are you all in? I'm all in. Great. Here's the deed to your field. Now it's yours. Please read it, and congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in the field in which a man gives up everything to have it. Are you all in? Everything you got? That's what it means to love God with our muchness. Everything. The songwriter years ago wrote an old, old hymn. And uh, he just put it this way. Benita, if you could play that for me. And would you stand as we close? And it goes like this. I'll just sing it for you. Just listen to this chorus as we close. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? 
Does your heart the Spirit control? You can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield Him your body and soul. Did you hear that part? Your body, your muchness, everything about who I am and what I do to yield to Him. Love the Lord your God with all, everything. Let's pray together. Father, I pray you'll help us today to go all in, to say, Lord, here I am, heart, soul, mind, and body, everything, so that what people see in me is the real thing. What they see me do is the real deal. Because what happened in me is what I want to express outwardly and to do it passionately and to do it presently and to do it practically wherever I am, wherever I can be of help to you. So Lord, thank you for reminding us of the importance of going all in for you just pray that you'll help us today to continue to make that decision to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, all of our minds, and all of our strength. And we'll give you the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you all in today for the Lord? When you're all in here, it'll show out there, won't it? So let's go make a difference in our world. God bless you as you go. If you want to get a luncheon, a little lunch uh, to take home with you today, please stop by the booth back there. There's a place of where you can kind of load up. We'll do it until we run out. So uh, come first and be blessed. God bless you as you go.